Egyptian man and fake it to him. A work he sets up. Felton Davis in zone. Diving catch. Touchdown, Michigan State. From WDBM East Lansing, you are listening to Spartan Red Zone, the student voice of Michigan State football. This is the source for the best analysis, updates, and much more for Spartan football. Time here in Columbus, Ohio State leads Michigan State 27 to 10. The Ohio State marching band on the field here at Ohio Stadium right now. Eric Bach, Alex McCray, happy to be joined by the Buckeye Student Radio Network broadcaster Ryan Ganan. Thanks so much for coming on with us at halftime here, Ryan. Appreciate you having me. So the first half was a bit of a whirlwind. Michigan State on their first two drives fumbled inside their own 30-yard line. Ohio State only able to get three points out of that. Brian, this game could be so much worse than a 17-point deficit right now if you're Michigan State. Absolutely. Ohio State took over on the Michigan State 20 and then the 22. Ran four, uh, four plays each drive, total of seven yards on those two drives, and came away with just the three points, like you said. The Buckeyes missed their first field goal attempt, were able to hit the second, and then, I mean, just through those two drives, three to nothing Ohio State after the, those miskies from Michigan State that, I mean, they, they, like you said, could have been really dangerous. The Ohio State offense just not able to get anything going, ran a lot of screen plays on the outside. Spartan defense, credit to them, great job, were able to shut those down. Yeah, I, Go so ahead, Alex. I got to agree with him there. I mean, Michigan State should be behind by 20, 25 points at this point. I mean, they're lucky to be at 17. Very lucky. So as far as the Michigan State offense goes, when they weren't turning the ball over, they were fairly productive. Brian Lewerke, 11 for 19, 122 yards, and a touchdown to Daryl Stewart. Elijah Collins has only run it six times for 40 yards. Stewart, four catches, 51 yards in that touchdown. But a couple of crucial drops, Alex, really hurt the Spartan offense at key times in the first half. Yeah, most certainly. C.J. Hayes had one that would have been a first down, and then Daryl Stewart had 2-1-1 drive. Really, really hurt this offensive momentum going forward. You cannot really blame those on Lewerke. Lewerke did have one really, really bad overthrow to Cody White, though. That would have been six points. This game feels like it should be close, but you look at the scoreboard and 17 points is up there. And Ryan, you're, you're, you see, Colin, you see the Buckeyes all year long. This is an offense that had been kept at bay for the first couple drives of this first half, but really exploded there in the second quarter. Yeah, I was really impressed by uh, Brian Lewerke's job. At first on the ground to kind of open things up for that Michigan State offense. Uh, you, you saw through that first quarter and much of the second quarter, Spartans weren't able to get anything going on the ground. Lewerke opened that up, and then that really opened things up, I think, for Elijah Collins. Like you said, he's only run six times, but I like how they've used him, using him sparingly when the Ohio State defense isn't expecting it. So still over six yards per carry for Elijah Collins. I like what he's done there. And then my player of the first half was Daryl Stewart. I mean, just great job. Four catches, 51 yards in the touchdown, just opening things up in the passing game too. Yeah, most certainly. I mean, we saw last week against Indiana that Lewerke used his legs a little bit, and that actually is working its way into the offense a little more. It's something we haven't really seen since 2017, the last time the Spartans were in Columbus. And it really seems to be working against this against this defense. Look to see him use a little bit more here in the second half. And offensively for Ohio State, a slow start, but Justin Fields really came into his own. Had a lot of time, was able to make some plays with his feet, but... 12 for 17, 149 yards, two touchdowns in the first half for Fields. And J.K. Dobbins, 126 yards rushing, 67 of them came on that big run. 
Yeah, the, it was a tale of two quarters for the offensive line especially. You saw in the first quarter the Michigan State defensive line and front seven were practically living in the Ohio State backfield. Second quarter, even if Justin Fields wasn't necessarily having all of the time in the world to pass, he was at least having time to read the defense and scramble. He wasn't getting that in the first quarter. Gives him a little more time just to make plays like he does in that second quarter and then also open up the running game for J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I was up in the press box sitting next to the some NFL next-gen stats guys, and they were saying, man, this, this entire Ohio State uh, offensive line looks completely different from last year. I believe they said only one returning starter on the offensive line, so it, it was definitely adjustment that you saw against this defense line in the second quarter there. And Ohio State starting left tackle Thayer Munford went out with an injury. I'm not sure if he returned in that first half or not, but it was it looked like a pretty bad leg injury as he was kind of gingerly coming off the field. Penalties have hurt the Buckeyes as well. Uncharacteristic. Buckeyes only penalized 41 yards a game, had 50 yards of penalties in the first in the first half. Right, and it was almost a flashback to last season. Ohio State really struggled with penalties last year. Uh, it, it hampered the offense from game one to game 14. This year, like you said, much better. Just two penalties for 25 yards last week against Nebraska, and then just undisciplined play there in the first half. I think part of it is going to be nerves, but then also another part of it is this is the best defense they've played so far and that is just going to cause miscues naturally. And Ohio State's not the only one that had killer mistakes on oh. the defensive side of the ball and offensive side of the ball. Michigan State gave up two touchdowns when they should have tackled uh, the uh, Ohio State offensive player. Instead they tried to punch the ball out and that worked horribly. Can't do that against Ohio State. Feels like Michigan State needs some type of score, preferably a touchdown for the Spartans on this first drive of the second half if they want any prayer of Staying in this game and winning this game, Alex, would you agree? Oh, most certainly. I mean, this, they're going to have to score at least 27 points. <laughs> it's simple as that. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us in your hospitality here at our, in our booth here at Columbus. We'll be back. Luke and I will be back with the second half. Ohio State 27, Michigan State 10. Second half coming up on WDBM. Post game here at Ohio Stadium in Columbus, wrapping up Michigan State's 34-10 loss to the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm Eric Bach, happy to be joined by Tyler Melton from the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio Network. He just called the game for the OSU student radio, so Tyler, thanks for joining me here post game. Yeah, an absolute pleasure to be here, guys. All right, so Michigan State, we're going to start with them. We'll get to your Buckeyes yep. in a second. If just this game was 34-10. to 10, it felt to me, at least, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that Michigan State, that this game was closer than the score indicated. Yeah, I definitely agree with you uh, for sure. And especially, you know, I think Michigan State left so many points oh, out did. on the field. You know, I, you know, especially in that second half. Michigan State held Ohio State to a touchdown in the second half yeah. and wasn't able to close that gap. I definitely thought that there was some legitimate opportunities for the Spartans in this game. And, you know, Lewerke, I thought, actually played pretty well he did. All, all in all. It's just that run game that, yep. that has been a struggle for the Spartans all year long. Uh, you know, it's it's been really, really tough for the Spartans to get anything going uh on the on the ground but you know i thought brian lewerke i was surprised with how well he played I, I understand he's a very good football player and i do think he is he has the potential to get back to that all-star that he was back in in 2017 but he really impressed me today yeah injury plague 2018 he yeah. was certainly not what was holding this michigan state offense back today no. missed the one throw on the crosser to cody white that probably would have gone for a touchdown if he completes yeah. it and but had some really poorly timed drops from his receivers. Yeah. Daryl Stewart, who played a pretty decent game, had the one mm -hmm. MSU touchdown, led, leads the Big Ten in receiving, 
but had some very time untimely drops yeah. tonight, especially on third down. C.J. Hayes on the opening drive after Michigan State doesn't turn it over on their first two drives. Yeah, and, you know, I, I got to give a lot. Again, go back to credit to that Spartan defense. They only gave three points off those two turnovers yeah. deep in their own territory. I mean, could have yeah. been a lot worse than it was. You you absolutely obviously don't want to turn the ball oh, over course. twice to start a game off. Right. But to only give up three points off of it, I think that, that Spartan defense had to feel pretty good about it. Uh, but, yeah, it could have been much worse. But to your point earlier, you know, 34 to 10, I did feel like this whole game, I was kind of on edge yeah. um, because it felt so much closer especially going into the half. Uh, it just felt like the Spartans were one or two plays away from yep. really getting back into this game. And every time something would happen, they'd either get a penalty or there'd be a drop or, or something. Tonight was just not the Spartans' night. Right. I think a good microcosm of the entire game for Michigan State was about five minutes to go. They convert that third and long to Cody White across the middle and then get an illegal formation yeah. penalty. I think that kind of sums up the night for Michigan State. So let's shift the focus to your Buckeyes. Um, they have two, in my opinion, legitimate Heisman Trophy contenders yeah. on offense, and their quarterback and their running back. I would say that J.K. Dobbins, to me, has to rank, and you have more of an insight in this than I do, in at, solidly in the top five of all-time Ohio State running backs. Yeah, I, I, right now I don't know. But I would have to double-check his numbers after today. Um, but I think It was near 200 yards. Yeah, yeah, um, his, his uh, career numbers after today. But I do think by the end of his career, and I ass I'm assuming he goes to the NFL draft after this yep, year. He's eligible. That's a safe assumption. He's eligible, yeah. and there is absolutely no reason. He will not improve his draft stock nope. at all coming back absolutely next season. Absolutely not, I agree. So uh, I'm assuming he's leaving after this year. Uh, but he will be somewhere close to number two in rushing yards at Ohio State state if things keep going the way they are how about justin fields though didn't have his most explosive game no. tonight you know but committed his first turnover of the season late then michigan state was not able to capitalize off that turnover by uh, the interception by josiah scott down here in the red zone mm -hmm. but fields tonight took on more a bit more of a game manager role still made the explosive plays when he had to but for me the most impressive thing tonight was fields ability to pick up first down conversions with his legs when things broke down yeah. Yeah, and that's something that, you know, this Ohio State team didn't have last year. Obviously, Dwayne Haskins, a heck of a football player and a arguably the most talented quarterback to ever play at Ohio State. But he didn't have the ability to really escape the pocket, extend plays, create those first. He could run, but he yep. wasn't very fast. Yeah. It had to be wide open green space for him. Whereas Justin Fields is able to, first of all, his ability to slip tackles is something I haven't seen at Ohio State since Braxton Miller. It is absurd the way that he's able to do that uh, for this Buckeye team. But to your point, his his ability to extend plays, and that's where I think he's at his best. I think he's kind of like an Aaron Rodgers in that aspect, where Rodgers is at his best not so much in the pocket, but when he's able to extend plays, keep his eyes downfield, and that's when I think you're going to see Justin Fields make some phenomenal plays. And the Ohio State receiving corps is so deep. You know yeah. this. Um, Chris Olave without a catch tonight. But yeah. ben Benjamin Victor had the long touchdown on the broken play. How about that play design, though? That was the, brilliant. The, the fake, the fake, the run, the field, suck in the safety and throw it over the top. That was just, that was Ryan Day offense at its finest there. Yeah, and that's something today. I was surprised we didn't see more of that, you know? I, I, today, from the Ohio State offensive standpoint, felt very vanilla outside of that play. I really. agree. And I was surprised by that. We mentioned it on our broadcast. Uh, it just felt like they weren't really doing the things that we're used to seeing them doing. Now, at the end of the day, it wound up not mattering. Right. 
but it was odd, and I think that's also part of what made this game feel so close, is that Ohio State wasn't running their usual offense, which I think would have made Ohio State fans feel a little bit more secure in the way this game was going. So any final thoughts? Ohio State, uh, Michigan State, rather, has to go on the road next week to Madison, to Madison, <laughs> Wisconsin. So we're, we're, wow. we're, it doesn't get any easier for no, the Spartans. We'll, no, we'll be WDBM will be there for that one. But, man, Ohio State, and then Wisconsin comes in here in two, in three weeks towards three weeks, the end of October. Yeah. That that could be, you know, you know, a college game day game. I would be surprised would imagine, if it wasn't. I would yeah. imagine that Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit will be back here for that one. Yeah, um, either that or Gus Johnson yeah, and Joe Clapp. One of the two. Um, but it's... You know, for Ohio State, that's going to be a marquee game against, yes. I would say, Wisconsin is safely the second best team in the Big Ten right now. Would you agree with that sentiment? I don't. I, I mean, yes, I think they're the best team in the Big Ten West, certainly. Always, for sure. Uh, I don't even think it's closed. I, I do think it's fair to say they're the second team in the Big Ten West. Uh, excuse me, second best team in the Big Ten. To me, I always struggle to say that Ohio State's the best team in the Big Ten, understanding that the talent and and the the roundness of this team. The, it is a well-rounded football team. Uh, they pass well. They throw. Uh, they they run well. They defend the pass well. They defend the run well. Um, I understand all that, but I. You know, there's always, and I think I'm probably harder on Ohio State than most people right. are. I see some issues here. Obviously, the O-line didn't play great today for the Buckeyes. But, I, again, I, I have to tip the cap to the Michigan State uh, football team coming in here. It's a tough place to play. Yeah. You know, we've called, uh, you know, this is my second year calling football for Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. I've called now probably 10 or 11 games here in this stadium. It is a tough place to play for opponents. Um, but, you know, a lot of credit where credit is due. That defense played out of their mind. Uh, you know, just 34 points for Ohio State. They're averaging 52. Um, you know, it's no small feat at all. And so I think that this Spartan team, if they can clean some stuff up offensively, this is a really good football team. But they gotta they got to figure out something uh, with running the football. they they gotta, they got to establish a run in these games because otherwise they're not going to have a shot, especially not yeah. against Wisconsin. Yeah. One more thing before I let you go. I just want you to give me what you see Michigan State's ceiling is this year. Um, so right now they're four and two, correct? Correct. With games still coming on the road in Ann Arbor, and on the road in Madison. I'm going to be honest with you. Home I'll, against Penn State. I'll give you. I'll give you the Michigan game because I don't buy Michigan this year. I, no, and, I don't either. And you that's know, easy I, for us to say, right? It is. It <laughs> is. Uh, but the way that they've played, and, and you know, they scored 10 points against Iowa. I'm going to give Iowa credit. They're a good football team. Michigan should score more than 10 points against Iowa. Yep, for sure. Uh, so, you know, offensively, they they concern me um, as far as what they're capable of doing. I don't think they're capable of doing all that much. So I'll give you that one. Um, but those two, I, I'm going to have to say eight and four. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was about they'll, they'll, what? Get in a good, they'll get in a really good bowl game. It yep. won't quite be a New Year's Six game. It'll be one of those, you know, second-tier games. But it'll still be a quality bowl game. But that's a tough schedule. I mean, it, it is. Um, you know, to go to Madison, first of all, for for the top of the Big Ten East to go to Matt, to, to play yeah. Wisconsin this year. Michigan did it two weeks Michigan ago. Michigan did it two weeks ago. You guys have to do it um, next week, and then we have uh, Ohio State has it in two weeks after that. Yep. It's yep. the last weekend in October. They will be here, which is an advantage that Ohio State oh, has, obviously, absolutely. playing them here as opposed to 
in Madison because you don't want to play in Camp Randall. Nope. It's not fun. It'll be a great trip for you it guys, will. though. It'll it be will, a lot of fun. We'll, we'll be, you know, we got two great ones in a row this week here and next week in Madison. So we're, we're a little bit spoiled, but yeah. the uh, – the MSU football team is probably not feeling that same sense. No, I would imagine not. Uh, but uh, like I said, there's a lot of positives to take away from this team, and I'm sure the coaching staff will say the same thing. You know, I, I don't have to tell Mark D'Antonio how to coach. No. I, I think I can, you know, the winningest coach in, in Spartan history. Uh, a lot of credit there. Um, he's a hell of a football coach, and he is really, truly uh, an all-time great. And, and so I'm sure he's telling his guys the same thing. There's a lot of positives or stuff, you know, they still got to work on. But I do think this team, somewhere around 8-4, and four, they could wind up surprising you, too. You know, I, I don't know how much I believe in Penn State either. Yeah, yet. and Mark D'Antonio has had James, James Franklin's number yes. ever since well, he's taken over. Not for nothing. Most people have. Ohio well, State yeah. has. Michigan has. Yeah, minus, uh, minus a block kick Ohio State has. Yeah. So, you know, I, I look at I look at. The, the top of the Big Ten East, and I do think that they are big. Uh, Penn State still needs to prove themselves a little bit, especially this year. They haven't really played anybody quite yet. Uh, so I'll be interested to see as they get further into the season how they do. But I could see Michigan State winning there. You know, I'm, I'm thinking 9-3 and three is the absolute ceiling, depending yeah. on what Penn State is. I agree. Um, but I would say a much safer bet for me would be 8-4. and four. Agreed 100%. And speaking of hell of a football coach, Ryan Day is one as well. I mean, talk about finding a gem for I, Ohio yeah. State. I, I, I know. Uh, you know, in the offseason, there, there wasn't much discussion about who was going to no. be. I think when Urban Meyer retired, yeah. it was generally understood it was going to be Ryan Day, mm -hmm. especially after that interim stint he had at the beginning of last season. Um, but a name that was thrown around that I actually really liked was Dino Babers uh, from Syracuse. Yeah. And I think if Ryan Day had said no to the job, that's where I would have wanted to go. Which, but Ryan Day was my number one yeah. for sure because what he was able to do in those three games, and I, I think that was the right call yeah, uh, no from kidding. the Buckeye standpoint. All right, Tyler. Well, thank you so much for having us and your hospitality, letting us in next to you guys tonight. We were kind of brushing shoulders yeah, all night. Yeah, we were. So. But absolutely. You guys were awesome. It, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me on as well. Um, I wish you guys nothing but the best in the future. Likewise. Tyler Melton from the Scarlet and Gray Radio Network here joining us post game. So we'll talk to you next week from Madison. For now, Eric Bach signing off from Columbus. We'll see you. Michigan State loses tonight 34-10 to in Columbus. We'll talk to you next week from Madison. You have been listening to Spartan Red Zone, a production of Impact 89FM. For more Michigan State sports news, visit impact89fm.org slash sports.